0: Welcome to What's NXT, the podcast about the best weekly wrestling television show, NXT. I'm Tristan Marsh. I'm Alec Basio. And this is What's NXT for Wednesday, December 13th, 2017, episode number 425. How you doing, Alec?
1: Doing pretty good. How about you?
0: I'm doing all right. I can't complain.
1: Yeah. I can't either. So I won't.
0: Yeah, I have this thing that's implanted in the back of my neck, and whenever I complain, it shocks me, so...
1: <laughs> no,
2: wait a minute. Wait, wait. Hold, hold. I can... oh, uh, that. This is not the way to get healthy!
0: I refuse to complain. That's why I loved this episode. It was a perfect episode. It's
1: like saying I can't complain right before a podcast where I'm sure I'm going to complain about at least one thing. I'm sure.
0: Before we uh, get to NXT, you want to take care of some bullshit?
1: Yeah. I guess I could.
0: You guess you could? You're going to
1: find out why I said that.
0: Did you watch Raw? No. Not even clips? Nope. Okay. Did you watch SmackDown? No. Not even clips? Nah. Okay. Did you watch 205 Live? I watched Sailor Moon. She is the one Sailor Moon. That's almost 205 Live. <laughs> That's like 205 Live. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but no, I didn't watch
1: 205 Live. Get a life. I will say one thing that I did watch. Chris Jericho versus Kenny Omega is gonna be fucking awesome. Yes. I don't know if they've you've been seen building this. that I don't know so our well. If has seen this, but the fucking the promo where Chris Jericho appears at the end of the Kenny Omega match when everybody doesn't think it's going to be that because they just they black out the thing. It's, they think it's going to be another video package. And he
0: beats the shit out of him with the belt. And he's bleeding. Kenny Omega is bleeding. And then he beats up the uh, commentator that comes to help Kenny Omega. Cyrus the Virus. Yeah. <laughs> and then did you see his um, commentary table promo that he cut where he was just cursing a bunch?
1: Will you laugh at that fuck face? Shut your mouth.
0: Oh shit,
1: no, I didn't see that. I'm going to have to watch that because you can get away with shit in Japan. You can tell he is absolutely loving the fact that this is going to be a Japanese match because he's going to be able to get away with whatever the fuck he Yeah, if
0: what's his name, the Unchained Gorilla can literally spend every moment in the ring yelling fuck you at people, then... (laughs) Yeah,
1: this is going to be awesome.
0: Chris Jericho's like, holy shit, I speak English. I can come up with much more creative, obscene curses than fuck you.
1: (laughs) I am going to be really excited to watch this. I'm probably going to get a New Japan World membership. Like, as we speak.
0: So maybe in a couple of months, January 4th, this becomes What's NJPW? What's NXT live from the Tokyo? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now that we've covered that, I wanted to take just a... Real quick second before the episode, this is going to be without context. If you want to look it up, you can. Can we get a big fuck you to Michael Elgin? There you go. Fuck you, Michael Elgin. Fuck you, Michael Elgin. How about another one for Rich Swan?
1: Holy shit. A really big fuck you for Rich Swan. How dare you smile on TV? Fuck you.
0: Fuck you, Rich Swan. Now let's move on from that yeah. as the WWE already has. Good. I'm glad. Why don't we get into the episode? Hell yeah. This episode was shown both on the WWE Network as well as the USA Network.
1: That I did not know.
0: Yeah, so they're they're doing a whole week of WWE on the USA Network. That's why there are a lot of promo packages going over characters we already know because they're trying to get people involved. It takes us three minutes just to get to the opening credits of the show so this one is not going to be very action-packed
1: no i guess not although i <laughs> thought there were plenty of matches
0: oh no they were okay maybe not action-packed but i mean like you know last week there was so much shit to talk um
1: okay your internet died You know, net neutrality. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. It's already kicked in.
1: It's already happened. They had everything ready. They had one button that they had to push when it was done.
0: Fuck the internet.
1: Boom! Yeah. (laughs) It's a good time to get back into reading books.
0: Yeah. You know, the print industry is dying. And... (laughs) This is just what we needed. The FCC was like, how can we help them? (laughs) You know, last week we had promos and we had matches and we had a ton of shit happening and this week there's a lot of going over characters we already know what they're about okay skip ahead 15 seconds skip ahead 15 seconds this first three minutes is all about Drew McIntyre and his injury and I was like I don't need to see this this is great I can save a lot of time
1: I was wondering why that happened because I didn't know this also aired on USA
0: that was the thing the episode finally starts Moro is still doing his holiday theme. He says season's greetings. He says, It's beginning
2: to look like another exciting episode of NXT.
0: Sure. He calls the commentary table the three not so wise men.
2: Happy holidays. We are the three not so wise men. Moro Ellen, Nigel McGinnis, and
1: Percy Watson.
0: Well, I'll agree with that. <laughs> Especially Nigel. Oh, I love
1: that. But yeah, no, i He agree. doesn't
0: understand a lot about the world. No, it seems like they're, this is probably part of his schooling. <laughs> and then finally, talking about Alistair Black versus Adam Cole, he says.
2: The visions of a dream match dancing through our heads, guys. What a collision tonight.
0: He's really laying it on thick. Yeah, it's pretty, uh, pretty corny. But that's, like, what we expect, right? That's what we yeah, want. Yeah, don't worry. Nigel hasn't beat later on during the women's match. But, that's, but that isn't corny. That's
1: creepy. Oh, I'm thinking of something totally different.
0: Then we have our first match. It's the NXT men's champion Andrade Cien Almas. El versus Fabian Eichner. Hell yeah. I like
1: Eichner. And I like Andrade. I don't see a reason why this match could go
0: bad. And it doesn't. Spoiler. Fabian Eichner comes out of the blocks like a beast. He's absolutely having his way with Almas. He hits his running top rope springboard plancha. He does a top rope tornado DDT, which looks really amazing, and finishes with a devastating-looking powerbomb. But Andrade Cien Almas kicks out. For a while, it really looks like Cien has completely... I almost said misunderestimated."
2: underestimated underestimate underestimated the compassion. Which
0: is George sure. Bush. For a while, it really looks like CN has completely underestimated him. But when he goes to the rope for a third time, CN pushes him to the outside, throws him into the stairs, and gets him back into the ring to hit the hammerlock DDT into the pin and gets the win. How did you like this match?
1: I liked it a lot. It uh, showed off some cool Eichner stuff that I think he's really going to be well-known for. The way that he does springboards by leaping with one leg up to the third rope is just completely insane. His like athleticism is top-notch, and also his uh, strength gets showcased too, where he catches uh, Andrade out of something and just holds him in the air for a little while. A lot of fun. I also really loved Andrade's performance because he sold great when he sold that tornado ddt it made my heart light up he got up on his knees and he skidded like three feet and like wheeled <laughs> his head around it was awesome andretti really he he took it to the next level with uh, the selling in this match and the storytelling too i loved how cocky he was only to get it smacked out of him and then he woke up and took it took it seriously it's really cool it's almost like he had eight months of character development in like three minutes
0: yeah, that's been happening a lot recently, where he finds something that he used to do in a match and completely turns it on his head. It seems like every match he's had recently, he's done something new where you're like, oh my god, I've never seen him think or react that way. It's really fun. Let's talk about Fabian Eichner. Mm-hmm. He's just starting out, but is already super promising, and commentary sure. clearly sees that when Fabian Eichner is coming to the ring moro says when opportunity comes knocking at the door fabian
2: eichner busts right through it
0: which is really great i'm glad that commentary is selling him that strong after fabian eichner gets his really incredible springboard plancha <laughs> As he's getting back into the ring, Percy says,
2: All about being extraordinary,
0: This is a match where Andrade and Almas didn't really need to use Vega to win. It was much more about them two.
1: I don't know. This is, again, my old man stuff coming out. But when you watch the AWA and you watch, like, these old wrestlers and always beside the ring the spray can of precious there's so many distractions that happen during that match that are just like oh bullshit
2: man this is some bullshit
1: (laughs) (laughs) that like when i see a distraction i'm just like oh this is classic this is cheat cheat cheating but like in this case what was interesting was that The thing that really screwed Eichner is that when he gets on the top rope and sees Vega, he sees the cheating attempt, it's him drawing attention to it and staring at her that screws him, not necessarily what she does. So I kind of see where you're coming.
0: Vega didn't have to put her hands on him. She didn't even explicitly try to get his attention. She just hops up on the ring apron and is kind of like trying to yell at Andrade and that little bit of accidental distraction is all Andrade needs to capitalize on.
1: Yeah, I could see it that way. It still makes him look a lot stronger, but it still gives him gives everybody something to boo over,
0: which is good. Fabian Eichner is really doing his job well in this match. He is completely believable as this baby face who you think could win, but clearly isn't like it isn't his time, but he comes out of the gate so strong that you wouldn't have been surprised if the match went on another five or 10 minutes. You wouldn't have been surprised if Zelina Vega had to actually like hit him or do the head scissors to him. You might not even be surprised if he gets a sneaky win on the champion and is suddenly put into the contendership you know sure obviously the whole point of the match is he's that strong and then loses to make almost seem in control
1: it surprises the audience a little bit it shows him off we've seen him before and we've also seen that and we are always getting reminded that he used to be a cruiserweight believe
2: it or not he was a member of the inaugural cruiserweight
1: classic so a lot of his current matches are showcasing the fact that he's oh i used to be but now i'm a gigantic brute strong man as well. Yeah. Who's like small, but just powerful. So I think that that's really cool. And the more you showcase that, the more this guy's going to get over. He's going to start becoming bigger. If you put him in bigger matches like this.
0: What do you think built him more? This loss or the win against Gargano? This loss might've built him a little bit more. I think so too.
1: Yeah. The way I saw it was the win against Gargano was when Gargano was in that weird slump period. And this was, he could have won if he didn't make that mistake with Vega and like stare at her too long or whatever. He really could have won. He snapped Andrade out of being like too cocky and it really made him look very good, even though he lost.
0: And even though it's kind of a slightly cheap win on Almas's side, It has the same tint of the way he actually won the belt, which is he's just waiting for you to make a mistake. He actually is a strong competitor. Maybe he uses cheating to fast track his wins, but he can just wait for you to fuck up and capitalize on it and instantly win. After the Royal Rumble or maybe WrestleMania, they love to bring people up from NXT after those things. If they bring people up, I could see Cassius Ono finally maybe being drawn into the main event, and Fabian Eichner could probably take his place. He's very commanding in a way where even when he loses, he comes out looking like a complete badass. I think I lost you again. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna power cycle my uh, router. So if you want to say anything, you can say that now and I'll power cycle my shit. And when we edit it together, it'll sound like nothing bad happened.
1: Yeah, I could see him filling that kind of role. I don't necessarily think that Ono needs to leave for that to happen. But I do think that Eichner can fill in all sorts of Really interesting positions with regards to looking strong in defeat and then also being a veritable, like a uh, veritable, being a verified sort of real threat for certain mid carders or even top card guys. He's, I think, also really good for the current fans because he's got so much athleticism and he's not afraid to do crazy dive moves and he's like got a lot of experience with that. It's going to build his charisma
0: just as. He goes on. Did you just finish talking?
1: Yeah, I actually did. Awesome. Um,
0: After the match, Moro says,
2: "Well, there's no doubt that Fabian Eichner has a bright future, but the future is now for the NXT champion Andrade Cien Almas."
0: So you want to talk about the king? Yeah, let's give it a shot. Andrade Cien Almas comes out. As much as commentary is putting over Fabian Eichner, they're also putting over Almas.
2: He is almost unstoppable with Vega by his side, atop the mountain. He was capable before, now perhaps he's almost unstoppable. Almost unstoppable, almost unstoppable. Almost unstoppable, almost unstoppable. We're going to catch Razor's dad.
0: Nigel says he's almost unstoppable now that he's atop the mountain, which is a great callback to the Zelina Vega promo. Yeah.
2: Almost unstoppable. He's still a little bit cocky, and that might come back to bite him in the end.
0: His crowd reactions are getting more and more divisive. The boos are now super loud. But there are yeah. also whole sections of the crowd that are standing silently with their fist out.
1: Yeah, I saw his t-shirts as well in the audience. Yeah,
0: people are really coming around strong to him. I think they've realized that they're not supposed to be cheering him. They're supposed to be standing in silent reverence.
1: Yeah, that's pretty good. That That's the effect of that promo last week. Rise for your NXT champion.
0: He is the God King. You mere mortals should be happy just to look at him.
2: Who's that hunk of Suarez?
1: I like Andrade's new intro where he comes out with the belt and he does the kneeling like gyration stuff that he used to do on his hands and knees. But now he does it with the belt, so he's like he's up on his knees, and I think it looks actually pretty cool. Uh, it looks a little weird, but it's it's fun, and I still love when he comes in with Vega, and they're both like shit talking and like looking around and really confident. It it makes me like it makes me kind of root for him a little bit more.
0: It's really different than the reaction that Fabian Eichner gets, because when he came out, people were excited, but they don't have any character investment.
1: Yeah, not as many people know him yet. They just, some, the hardcore guys know that he, he Johnny Gargano, and a lot of other people I don't think know him as well.
0: Almas now has complete investment from everybody in the crowd. Nobody doesn't take a stand on him. You're either so happy he's here, or you are about to start throwing things.
1: Yeah, no, no.
0: I, I definitely feel you on that. I use speech-to-text to take notes on these shows sure. because I don't want to sit there and type out all my notes. For some reason, my phone gets Fabian Eichner's name every time but doesn't know what the fuck I'm trying to say when I say Andrade C and Almas. That's racist. This time, it kept calling him Under Our AC in all mess nice i've also gotten um roddy see him almost wow it's pretty good it is pretty good i correct it every single time and it still fucks up let me ask
1: you are you rolling your Rs?
0: maybe i'm maybe i'm doing it too much is that what you're saying
1: or maybe you're not doing
0: it at all. <laughs> or maybe I'm not doing it enough, yeah. When iPhones say that they will learn your speech patterns, they are lying to you. They do not, because I say mm-hmm. Andrade C. and Almas all the time. I love this man. I know,
1: you pretty much only say Andrade C. and Almas when I'm talking to you, so.
0: Nigel coins a new name for his Hammerlock DDT. He calls it the Cien Dolores de Cabeza, which means one hundred headaches.
2: One hundred headaches.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Is right. Does it mean
1: that, though? Yes, it does. Maybe. Okay.
0: I looked it up. Good. Unless I'm glad someone did. Google Translate is fucking up. Then.
1: Well, if anybody who lis- listens to any of my podcasts, any of the two of them, knows that I don't look any.
0: I just want to say fuck you, Nigel, because last week you didn't know what a piñata was on 205 Live, and now you're coming up with Spanish names for Cien's finishing move. Maybe the piñata inspired him to learn the language. <laughs> he saw that Grand Metallic promo and was like, I mean, this guy's a great wrestler. I should learn what the fuck these people pinata. are saying. That's racist. What an elegant word. Piñata. Piñata? That could mean anything.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's pretty good. That's quite a story, Enrique. I like stories. I like stories about
0: piñatas. Cian almost gets the hammerlock DDT. I really liked two things about this. First, he hits this DDT. And he then does a full somersault over top to get into the pin position, which looks Yeah, it looks pretty good. Really cool. Yeah. Why do not more people do that? That looks great.
2: That's why he is El Campeon to
1: NXT. This is, this is a theme with you because you also love those uh, the Bridge Northern Lights suplexes and stuff like that. You love that. You love when a, you love when a finishing move turns into a pin.
0: Or a finishing move turns into a submission. Like, I really like the bank statement, which she does from a uh, power move. And I also like Johnny Gargano does the head scissors into the Gargano escape. Yeah. It's just really fun. (laughs) It's good looking. Then he gets the win. He does a whole sequence of his stupid poses that I also always eat up. He sticks his tongue out then rolls off of Fabian Eigner into his I'm a cute little baby, kicking my legs behind myself with my two hands underneath my chin. He looks like one of the little rascals. And then he does the El Idolo pose. He's got a lot to say without words. Yeah, definitely. Speaking of that, why isn't Vega or Almost, Almost? I did the same thing my fucking phone did. That's racist. Damn. Yeah. There you go. Why isn't maybe you need to learn your speech patterns. Why isn't Vega or Almas talking on the mic at all this week? I've gotten I think it's, so addicted to them.
1: I think what happened was they got a big promo last week. This week they're opening the show again, but with a match, which I also think is kind of weird, but whatever. I mean I'm I'm eating it up. It was great. It was fun. Um so I think that they just were like, Well, you guys are gonna not we're not going to have time for a promo for this. I, I honestly think it was that simple because there was like a ton of extra crap that they put into this episode, which I guess is because it was on USA, but... But it was know, all yeah.
0: extra crap to get people interested in watching it on the WWE Network. And I'm like, you know what would really make them interested is if after almost gets the win, Zelina Vega jumps in and is like... You fucking bald-headed idiot. You thought you could yeah, win? that might
1: be good. That might be good. I think it's just like she doesn't have that much to cut a promo on. Yeah, she could talk about Eichner, but then you're going to set up a storyline with Eichner and he's not even in contendership picture. And she can't really talk about the
0: contender because we don't have one yet, so I don't know. She could have just been like, he's not fucking afraid of any of these doofuses. He's going to win against all of them. Who gives a shit, you know? Yeah, that's true. There was definitely an opportunity to do it, but I, I just... So now we have a promo from Sanity with gravelly old Eric Young's voice.
1: Restless nights. Unfinished
0: business. It starts off and he's touching the staples in Alexander Wolfe's head. Yeah, I love that Alexander Wolf's head is the star of this promo. Alexander Wolf's beaten body is the star of this promo because he also has a gigantic <laughs> neck brace on. His neck brace says TakeOver War Games was worth it, which you guys didn't even win. Yeah. And Nikki Cross is running circles laughing, but at one point runs up to him and starts, like, tugging on his beard. And he's like, fucking cut it out, you asshole. <laughs>
1: Yeah, he's selling it. It's pretty
0: good. Killian Dane is just in the back, chilling near some dry ice. So, you know, he's a super cool guy. Yeah.
2: Now, War Games, the outcome was not ideal. But, but next week, we will finish what we started in Houston.
0: They are going to finish the job on Undisputed Era, and retain their tag belts, and they all start laughing.
2: <laughs>
0: I really want more promos between these two groups. I just really like six random people in a random location staring at the camera and laughing,
1: which seems to be what yeah. both groups are about. I'd love to see more, what the hell were you guys doing without us? And... Everything is terribly chaotic. Chaos! Uh,
2: Yeah! Yeah!
1: The way he says yeah.
0: I realized this week that he (laughs) sounds like um, TJ Miller. Science! Yeah! Jeez. I did that
1: one time and I'm already like, "Uh uh-oh. I can't do another Eric Young impersonation. (laughs) I'm
0: feeling it. (laughs) It's like smoking a pack of cigarettes. Yeah, it's pretty close to it. (laughs) I caught you talking like Eric Young, so now I'm going to force you to talk like Eric Young for two weeks. Then you'll see how it is. (laughs) You're going to have to save this whole pack. Speaking of tag teams, this brings us to the next match. Oni Larkin and Danny Burch versus the Authors of Pain. Loved it. I mean,
1: well, I'm sorry. We were talking about the intro, right? We were talking about the intro to the match. Because I love that.
0: I mean, I like the whole thing, but I loved the intro. Okay. Doni Blorch start off, and they actually have some really explosive energy. They're hitting the Authors of Pain left, right, and center. Oni Lorcan at one point completely shuts down the Authors of Pain before Birch gets in, and they start doing some really weird tandem offense to the two corners that looks really fun.
1: Yeah, I got shades of Street Profits.
0: Just in case there weren't Street Profits in this episode, I was like, oh, oh, good. There's Street Profits. It's just not the ones we expect. Bring the swag like can- However, when the authors of Pain respond, Oni takes the Death Valley Driver into the turnbuckle. Looks like he broke his neck in the process. Then mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they both take the Super Collider and Oni Lorkin gets the last chapter and AOP take the win. This is a one and a half minute match. I timed it. So, I literally told you everything that just happened. How did you like this match?
1: I actually still like the match, even though it was a total squash. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, Everything except for the super collider was really good. I fucking hate the super collider. I think it's probably the dumbest tag move in the whole world. Oh, I
0: like the super collider.
1: They gingerly tap them up against each other, then do a power bomb. It's so gingerly. I was watching this episode with Chuck, my roommate. Who doesn't watch wrestling? And he was like,
0: wow. "No, it's the super <laughs> and I was collider." Like, I, I, well, I can't argue with. It's also got such a weird name because it's not on yeah. theme. No, it's like science fiction, right, or whatever, or like physics. Named after a a you know the way that you find new subatomic particles, and everything sure. else of theirs is about writing. Whatever.
1: Everything else I really liked. I love the street Profit segment where uh, one and two just kept bashing. Into the, the Authors of Pain in the opposite corners, bouncing off of each other. I thought that was really fun. The Authors of Pain, you know, coming back, I thought it wasn't too ridiculous. Because it was just like, it's a matter of time. When is it going to happen? And then when it does happen, you're not, like, upset about it. You're just like, okay, I figured this was going to happen. Best part of the match was the intro, when Oney Larkin comes out and holds up the one for about, I don't know, 45 seconds waiting for Danny Birch. <laughs> I feel like we get a full loop through of Oni Lorcan's theme music while he's just
0: standing there, hunched over, holding his hand up in the air. <laughs> and then Danny Birch comes out and puts up the V for Victory two. two fingers. <sighs> you have to trust me that I called this before they made it clear. But apparently Donny Blorch has a name now. We basically decided that their tag name was Donny Blorch. Donny oh, Blorch. Like Donny Blorch. They come out, they're holding up the one finger and the two finger, and I write in my notes, oh shit, they should be named like one two or one two punch. And then everybody in the audience starts chanting one two, one two. So I'm like, oh fuck, that's what their name is gonna be. And then Percy says, it's gonna be some fist flying
1: tonight, talk about a one two punch.
0: Oh, fuck. Nobody's ever going to believe me. They're going to think that I watched this fucking TV show and saw that happen. And then after the fact was like, I'm going to take credit. But I called it. We didn't say no. that? I, I'm i sure we did. No, we said bald punch. Oh, my God. But I thought I was like what,
1: thing one and thing two or whatever. Because you cause definitely did out holding up the two, I thought that was the best. You definitely
0: didn't oh, say shit. thing one and thing two. Although that would be pretty good, too. Have a cat in a hat Damn. theme. Yeah. They're gonna change their uh, they're gonna change their ring gear. They get the thing one and thing two t-shirts that everybody gets for their kids on vacation. Yeah. No, it's onesies. It'll just be onesies. <laughs> they're just gonna wear red onesies. So that they will definitely look like gigantic babies. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There isn't a lot to say. This is a no. one and a half minute squash match. Afterwards. Commentary spends about five minutes making fun of them, making stupid writing and chapter and page and book puns about how badly Oni Larkin got fucked up.
2: Finally, that last chapter closed the book because there was no more to read. So many pages of pain have already been written. What does the future hold for
0: A.O.P.?
1: Yeah, I was... I was eating dinner, so I was not paying that much attention. <laughs> it got a little stupid.
0: I can't wait for 1-2 Punch or 1-2 or whatever they're going to be called to start winning. Uh, I think it's going to be really fun. I also think that this is the perfect time to have them lose a bunch. Oh, yeah.
1: Because otherwise, once they get that chemistry in and they start like getting a win, you, you gotta, they got to fucking skyrocket because everybody loves them. They're like
0: street profits for people who don't like to laugh. They're like the serious tag team of this tag team division. Yes,
1: they're probably actually, honestly, they're probably the only serious tag team. I guess the Ely brothers, I mean, they can't not be serious because of those faces. They just can't, they can't smile.
0: And also the authors of Paid who were weird paramilitary neo-fascists. I feel like the way that they trash talk
1: everybody at the end, being so like really goofy and you never can understand what they're saying. I just, I don't think that they're serious enough. Also, they're Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle frog helmets or whatever the hell those things are.
2: <laughs> Drug dealers are
1: dorks. Don't even talk to them. Cowabunga!
0: And Roderick Strong. I mean, come on. There's so much not serious
1: about the authors of Pain.
0: Uh, you know what I want a scene I just realized? Yeah. Eric Young mm-hmm. versus Paul Ellering just doing a gravelly p- promo.
1: Oh, okay, good. Yeah, like a vocal thing. Like maybe they yell in a microphone and they see who did who who hits the knee who pushes the needle the farthest. I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chaos. Books. The last chapter. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's better. Yeah, he should say that. He shouldn't say books. Yeah. Books. Leather <laughs> <laughs> jackets. Books. They shaved my head. <laughs> Pens. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Coffee and cigarettes.
0: oh uh, whatever. Writing. Sh- After the Donny Blorch squash match, we get. NXT Women's Champion Ember Moon versus Peyton Royce, escorted to the ring by Billy Kay. I'm sorry, Peyton Royce? I thought she was fighting the Venus Flytrap. Yeah, you don't know that that's been her nickname for the last, like, eight months? No, I don't know that. I don't recall Venus Flytrap. I don't
1: recall They call that. her
0: the Venus Flytrap all the time. Oh, I thought it was just because of her brand new poison ivy costume that she was wearing no because she and that's why she comes out and she smells the flower there's a lot going on there yeah not really but you know (laughs) i guess i just i guess i just i I guess i'm just so
1: enamored with the friendship gimmick that i just haven't been paying attention to their individual like them you are the nigel of this podcast oh trust me if i were the nigel of this podcast i'd be like i was paying attention to other assets (laughs)
0: That's gross. That is gross. Nigel's gross. Nigel is a fucking creep. So this is, in my mind at least, the best match of the night. It sees Ember Moon dealing with the new Peyton Royce, who really takes it to Ember. But Ember is the champion for a reason and hits the Eclipse for the win. However, as the ref returns Ember's belt and Peyton Royce crawls out of the ring, Billy Kay runs in and blindsides Ember, and they go to fucking work. It's looking bad for Ember. Nobody's stepping in to stop this shit, but who arrives to save Moon's ass? Nikki Cross. Everybody loses their shit. How did you like this match? I
1: thought this match was very good. I saw a lot of fun stuff. From both of them. Uh, I particularly liked... I really liked... Again, I was watching this with Chuck who doesn't watch wrestling. So I loved being able to show him moments where Peyton Royce was clearly being an excellent wrestler. Who was demonstrating that she did not know how to be a wrestler. That's like her great gimmick. Like when she misses... She misses her spinning kick right in the be- right in the early part of the match, and she, the way she reacts to that by like l- pretending to lose her balance and like get frustrated that's fantastic. I loved also when she shouted, "I hate you" at Ember Moon.
2: I hate you! I'm sure the feeling is mutual. Spinning back kick. Okay. Step up into get rid of the arm by Moon
1: before just smacking her. I thought that was amazing. It was just really visceral and fun and perfect. Ember came out looking really strong beating uh, Peyton, which was great. I liked also the the way that Ember was able to get out of everything, the way that Ember was able to be very competent and show, yeah, I'm, I'm just a really good wrestler and I'm able to win no matter how much you hate me.
0: I thought it was good. They're continuing the Peyton is strong slash Peyton is still Peyton dynamic of matches of hers. She starts the match and she's hitting some really impressive strikes. There's this small moment that I really liked. Ember Moon hits a top rope plancha, and Ember picks Peyton Royce up to roll her in the ring. Billy Kay is holding her hand. You can see that. Her hand gets pulled away. It seems like feeling Peyton's hand getting pulled out of hers is kind of what lights a fire under Billy Kay's ass to actually get involved in this match. Ember Moon kicks Billy Kay off. Peyton Royce responds to Ember Moon kicking Billy Kay off of her with a six one nine, and I was just like, "Oh shit!" That is a athletic kind of move that we have not seen her doing. She also hits this really amazing kind of V trigger ish like move. And she's just looking more and more like a strong competitor in her own right. But then, on the other hand, when Amber kicks out of the P-trigger... <laughs> I like that. P-trigger. That's what causes her to have her classic temper tantrum. She starts screaming. Moro, for some reason, says that conniptions usually aren't in her arsenal, which is a total fucking lie. So.
2: <laughs> a connection fit not usually a part of her arsenal, though, Nigel.
0: This is how every single fucking Peyton Royce match happens. If she would probably focus just a little bit more, she would be on Ember Moon's level. But it's the fact that she isn't quite focusing enough. Like, she's doing these impressive things and has no follow-through. It's like she's prepared... To, like, do the thing.
1: And then she does not know. She has no experience. She just does not know what to do. She doesn't know
0: the next step. She's also really good at selling. At one point, Ember Moon, I think, gets a strike to her head. And she goes completely wobbly. Yeah. She's, like, made of noodles. It really looks good. She doesn't even fall down. But, like, she sells it as, like, her central nervous system has just completely hit a hard restart and like she's like just barely able to keep on her feet
1: yeah the way she sells even at the end i thought was impressive when the two of them are beating up on ember she's still like trying to show like no no no, guys
0: i was in a big fight and i'm still kind of woozy yeah she keeps that up especially after the eclipse which peyton royce Sells like a fucking monster. She she takes the eclipse and then starts flopping around like she's a fish out of water to the point where Ember Moon has to like drag her back into the center of the map because she's flopped like five feet towards the edge of the ring. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty. It's pretty impressive. Um, now that we've talked about that. Let's talk about some of the crowd reactions to Ember and the iconic duo. Mm Mm-hmm. What did you think of Ember Moon's reaction on her entrance? It was interesting. Did you hear a boo? No. I heard a boo. You heard a boo because I was going to say that I really liked how loud her crowd reaction I, was No, I
1: I agree. I think generally everybody was popping for her, but I heard at one point, I think it was right after she flipped the hood off, I heard like a Ugh. And I was a little shocked because I thought she was coming out of the slump. Again, I got I owe a lot to Chuck this episode. Actually, I should have him watch with me all the time. <laughs> he would lose his novice charm and then I, and then and then it would be no point. But a uh, part of it was also he was like looking and he was like okay, Who's she? And so I told him, and I'm like, okay, she's a werewolf, and this and that. And he's like, okay, yeah, I'm definitely getting werewolf. And then when Peyton Royce and Billy Kay come out, he's like, oh, I get them right away. Like, that's the thing. You don't necessarily get Ember right away. So it's kind of important that people really pop for her, because that's, you know, necessary. When you don't get someone right away, you got to have the crowd to guide you.
0: The last few weeks, I've been super worried because I've been like, they're keeping her off of TV too long. Um, you know, she's going to look like she's just holding the title belt until whatever or because Ember moved up, not on her own strength. Mm. She showed up and I thought people would have soured on her more. The crowd is really loud for her. Yeah, they do like her. Overall, I would say, yeah. There, there's, no, there's no question Put about question. Put some I of just, my like, worries like, to really rest. Surprised. Billy and Peyton come out. People are still like, iconic duo, baby. I want those fucking I love Billy, I love Peyton shirts. Yeah, these guys yeah, are well, great. They,
1: they they really like them together. And they, they've gotten big pops in the past. What was so weird was how much that turned into booing. Yeah. It does become in booze. in the beginning, when Peyton lays down on the rope, people
0: are booing. They never boo at that time. I think that they're finally starting to get over actually as heels instead of just fun characters. That
1: is really great. And definitely after tonight, they, will, they have taken a step towards that heel position.
0: One person who hasn't given up on the iconic duo as a face team is Izzy. Of course, her dad hates them because he clearly is a strict adherent to heel face dynamic. He's thumbs down booing, and Izzy is like, yeah, I got a duo. I I like these people. I'm really glad that a father and a daughter are sharing such a lovely common interest in wrestling. But I feel like this is going to start being like, this is going to take the place of a political fight at their Thanksgiving table in a couple of years.
1: It's not even going to be that long away. I think it's probably going to happen at Christmas where he asked for the wish list and Peyton
0: Royce shirt is on there. And he's like, well, I'm not getting you that. You are a Bailey fan. You are a face fan. You will always be. That's how we do it in this household. Yeah, but she's getting older now, dad. Bailey's not
1: cool anymore,
0: dad. Bailey gets booed. Dad. As long as you live in this household, you cheer faces at boo heels. Oh, I could see even
1: better. I could see her opening the the present under the tree and it's a fucking like Ruby Riot. I guess maybe Ruby Riot was a face while she was on NXT, not anymore. She opens the bo- the the box under the tree and there it is and she's like, "Damn it." Just wanted to give a shout out to my boy Nigel here real fast before we transition away from this match. Holy shit. How are you gonna talk about J-Lo that much? (laughs) What the hell? We were laughing, we were cracking up, like, why? What?
2: She is one half of the most iconic duo in NX history. Sports Entertainment's J-Lo, if you want.
0: I guess means that they're each half of a J-Lo. And then he starts. (laughs) He starts calling Peyton Royce Payro. And says well,
2: it's, it's payroll, don't be afraid of the rocks she's got, she's just payroll on the block.
0: <laughs> don't be jealous of the rocks she's got. she's still just payroll from the block, oh,
1: payroll, that makes sense versus what I was saying, which was payload
0: yeah I think I think it's supposed to be payroll. I'll probably still include your very funny low uh Savatelli Moss joke. Palo? She must
1: not be well-liked by Savatelli Moss. Oh, of course. I, I think it's
0: really good. A+. Moro claims that Peyton Royce is drumming on Ember Moon's back animal style. Oh. I needed to say that just so that I could include this drop.
2: Animal. You ready? Kill! 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 Drum battle!
0: Drum battle! Oh. I actually...
1: Wasn't thinking about that animal and I was confused.
0: But also, the highlight is still Nigel being an absolute creep and how much the rest of the table loves giving him shit for that.
2: Oh yes! Here it is, guys, my favorite part of the show. Of course. Pick up your jaw, Nigel.
0: Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I mean he's 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 just It's weird that in the cultural climate that we have right now. Him being a lecherous asshole to Billy Kay and Peyton Royce, he comes off as gross, but the show doesn't come off as gross. It's not
1: like one of those old fucking Jerry Lawler bullshits when he commentated those old diva matches.
0: And yeah, like he's not show. talking about it, puppies.
1: Yeah, there's none of. That. Oh my god, thank God for that. But it, it it's it's like he, you get the feeling that he's like he's he's totally drooling over him. But at the same time, yes, and also by the way. I like them as wrestlers. They're great. So it's like, that's kind of what saves it from turning into something really bad and keeps it in the fun territory. That and Payroll from the Block, (laughs) which is fucking...
0: I love that. He is such a stuffy British man that he... Oh, yeah, that's true, too. He can't be out and out. He can't be like, I find these ladies so sexy. You know, he's not like a scummy porn producer from the 70s. He's like well, there's just something about these ladies that catches my eye. And you're (laughs) like, fuck you, man. Now that we've finished talking about that match, let's talk some more about the fact that this was shown on the USA Network. Okay. They're trying to get more people involved in the product. And I'm super for that. I think everybody should be watching NXT. I think it's the best, especially as an overall product versus the quote-unquote main roster. Um... But the weird thing is, is that this doesn't feel like a normal NXT episode because there are so many promo packages for their wrestlers to get people interested in what's happening. But the biggest problem in my mind is, according to what I've read, the thing that they cut out to make time for the USA channel was the Ember Moon Peyton Royce match. The whole match? Yeah. They did not Not show that. Not just the part at the end where... They did not show that. Wow. Yeah. Which really pisses me off because I feel like she kicks ass. I think that it's probably my favorite match of the night. I could kind of see. I don't know. I could kind of see why that was the one that got cut.
1: Just because the stuff at the end was a little weird for people who don't know what's going on with NXT. And also,
0: at the end, Ember does not look good. I think that they need to have her look good. Be that as it may, mm-hmm. like to not bring up one of your champions on a show that's trying to get people interested, they do promo packages for Alistair Black. They do a recap of Drew McIntyre, who isn't even in the show, but we don't talk about the women's division at all. That's actually very interesting. You're right about that. And that fucking pisses me off. And and I wish that instead of making a bunch of promo packages to get people up to date, they had just done a normal NXT episode that was really fucking good.
1: Yeah, I think people would respond to it better. I think you're right. I guess that they're just nervous that they can't make a good promo with their women's division because right now it's just Ember, Nikki, and the iconic duo because everybody else is too new, I guess. I, or I haven't seen anything about Bianca Belair. I hope to God she hasn't done any stupid Twitter shit that's going to get her in a lot of trouble and also make her sound like an asshole because I'd love to see more of her, but we haven't seen her in a million years.
0: Yeah, I don't know what they're doing. Know weird downtime with the promo packages was also kind of exacerbated because a number of times commentary does something that they don't normally do on nxt Mm. which is talk about how this is the kind of action that you see on nxt and i get why they're doing that i'm not an idiot they're trying to tell people hey show back up next week and there'll be more shit like this one of the things that i like about NXT is unlike the main roster there isn't a lot of this like this is always happening on mondays or tune in next monday for another match that's just as good as this they like yeah. sell the match that's in front of you and the number of times that they did that it kind of took me out of it and i was kind of disappointed cuz i like this show and they're normally able to they're normally able to get over the future stuff by
1: using that in place of a promo package. Like, just talk about it for a second. Next week, you know, like, where the fuck is the Lars Sullivan versus Roderick Strong next week
0: poster? When Ember Moon is fighting Peyton Royce, they don't usually go like, hey, you should tune in next week to see more stuff like this. They go, oh my God, Ember Moon is getting destroyed by Peyton Royce. I never would have expected it or whatever. Let's talk about after the match. Yes. After the match, Moro has the very good line.
2: Every kick begins with K.
0: Because Billy K lights into Ember Moon. Right. It's also correct, you know, from a spelling point
1: of view. Yeah. Kick. Kiss. Um, That's it. Those are the only two words that start with K. Oh, yeah.
0: I didn't know that. Thank you. Nikki Cross comes out. And before you even see her, the crowd goes crazy. Oh, yeah. they are so Everybody excited. Cross. There's no music. Nikki Cross just shows up. Here's Nikki Cross, the
2: unhinged Nikki Cross, sanity's sinister sister, Nikki Cross, a banner burned She's here, but why?
0: She clears the ring of the iconic duo. She's doing her crazy lady vamping, but then she sees the belt. She stares at the belt. She stares at Ember. Ember is still on the ground. What's she going to do? Pop quiz, hot shot. You think that maybe she's going to make a move on Ember too. What do you do? What do you do? She chooses to vamp a little bit more, bounce off all of the ropes, and then run into the production staff and off into the dark of the night. He's a silent guardian. A watchful protector. Yeah, I liked her colliding with, like, a camera guy. (laughs) That was pretty fun. There's some production assistant that, like, got knocked down by her. And now all of his, uh, you know, notes about the timing of the episode are all out of order. This leads to the one thing in the match that
1: kind of detracts. Ember scrambles up, grabs the belt in the middle of the ring. She's on her knees, clutching it to herself, staring all over the place. Like a wimp. That is
0: not good. She's really looking confused and worried. She looks like she doesn't know what just happened. The match makes her look very capable. Why do you follow up her looking that capable with like, now she looks like a middle schooler who just got their shit dumped by some high schoolers?
1: Yeah, it's a little weird. It's now she's nervous about everybody. And the thing is, there's a way to play it that's better than this. She could get up, sell the injuries, walk, like, crawl over to the belt, pick it up, put it on her shoulder or whatever, stand up, and look defiant. You know what I'm saying? Like, she can actually just be like, fuck, everybody's coming after me. Well, I guess I'm just going to have to kick everyone's ass. Instead, she's cowering in the middle of the ring, holding the, clutching the belt to her. And I hate that because that's like the opposite of what her build has
0: been to this I'm glad that you had that same reaction because up until that moment, I was like, this is exactly what I've been wanting. I've been wanting her to look like she can take on anybody and respond to anything. And I really like that, you know, it takes two women blindsiding her to put her out long enough where she even needs help from a third party, right? And then it cuts to this shot, and my first thought was, oh, fuck, they fucked it all up.
1: Yeah, they killed her. Like, I don't know. How do you come back with, from that? Like,
0: I guess she will, I hope. The only way you come back from this is to have her start getting more vicious. If she responds... She needs to start squashing Yeah, people. if she responds to her being taken advantage of by Billy Kay with, okay, then I guess I got to start fucking hitting people with steel chairs and breaking their legs and shit. I'll be like, okay, that's that's fine. But anything less is going to be like, she can't be a fucking pushover.
1: You can keep her as
0: a super babyface
1: by having her just be like, no, now I say fuck you. And every time there's another person and like, Billy comes in. The next match is Billy versus Ember. Peyton comes in to interfere, but no, fuck that. Ember spears her or, like, fucking blows her up or something. And, like, she can't even get – she can't even take her eyes off of anything. Like, all of a sudden, she's just like, no, thank you. Thank you. You have made me the ace competitor that I am today where I can look around the ring and I'm never going to drop my guard.
0: I don't know how you take somebody that the whole thing has been she went toe-to-toe like six times with an undefeated monster and they put on like 20 minute matches and then have the final shot of this interaction be her cowering. I don't know how you have her cower ever.
1: That's really, yeah, that was terrible. I I honestly think that they did a huge disservice. And I think that was that that's to me, like, I guess it, it even overshadowed a lot of the match to me. Because when you were saying, oh, this is my match of the night, I was even thinking to myself, really? But when we were talking about it, when we were going over it, I was remembering how good the match actually was. But this part, holy shit, it really stuck with me. And I think that it's going to stick with a lot of people.
0: I agree. I thought that this match was really good, and I think it was stupid that it wasn't on the USA Network, because I think it would have gotten people interested. Just cut off the last 15 seconds. <laughs> definitely cut that out yeah luckily
1: next up and this is something usa network keeps
0: on i believe so this, by the way i hope this so is, okay all right i I, okay. I didn't do a comparison i'm just oh all right yeah, based well, on what fine. i've read you know how much research i do so they then play an entire street profits youtube promo and it was I believe this is called so good. Street Talk. Yes, they have a new they have a new interview program. <laughs> it's called Street Talk. It's basically yeah. them just standing outside of Full Sail University, talking to the line as they file into the auditorium. Yeah, I'm sure this was filmed a month ago. They're doing crowd work. Everybody is eating it up. Full Sail guy is there. Can you now admit? Montez Ford does most of the talking.
1: Yes, he does. I was so surprised. I, for some reason, I really thought that Angelo Dawkins would do most of the talking. Angelo Dawkins know.
0: is still not that great at delivering lines, but he delivers one in this one that is at least competent. First, they meet a little white kid named Bentley. What
2: is your name? Bentley. Bentley? Bentley. 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 He tries one, too. Ooh. Bentley. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> Woo.
0: They lose yeah, their fun. shit. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Angelo Dawkins then asks him, Who's going to take 2018? And the kid meekly says, Street Profits.
2: Street oh.
0: oh.
1: oh. oh. Full Guy is yelling it in his ear.
0: Everybody just flips out. Yeah, Street Profits 2018.
1: I also like that Bentley was holding a black Solo cup that they gave him, but it was still in the bag. Yeah, it's plastic wrapped because this
0: is a collectible, (laughs) (laughs) goddammit. He's going to sell it on eBay in 20 years to pay for college. (laughs) Yeah, Montez Ford's going to sign it. (laughs) After that, we get another shadow sequence. It's finally revealed that it actually is Shayna Baszler, but... We all fucking knew what? that. I didn't expect
1: what? Shayna? What? Yeah, it's Shayna Baszler.
0: What? You don't get it because she's. Oh, I understand. Okay, so you know how it said soon. I thought it was. Yeah. It said soon, right? Right, I remember. But that. then the O's. What were the O's? Oh, they were spades. They were spades, and Shayna Baszler. You might have missed this. Shayna Baszler, um, she has spades all over her ring gear um because because her nickname you see her nickname yeah
1: okay nickname yeah sure Is the queen of spades fuck okay that's pretty
0: deep and that's very difficult to actually get i thought it was just gonna be a gardening based wrestler You, you oh so you're not gonna go for the obvious david spade joke that everybody on the internet has made i'll pretend that i was smart enough to come up with that joke
1: and that i overlooked it because it was not up to my standards
0: I don't reference Joe Dirt on this podcast, Tristan. That's right. That's <laughs> even though I do like Joe Dirt. It was actually up. <laughs> yeah. This is obviously Shayna Baszler. <laughs> also, again, after the episode last week, they posted an image to their social media. That oh yeah, that's right. You did. Yeah, you told me that. <laughs> in the URL, it said Shayna Baszler exclusive. So. <laughs> really firing on all cylinders, WWE. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, you're right. I totally forgot. I'm
0: really that. glad that you both wasted our time and fucked it up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeehaw! So this brings us to the final match of the night. It is Adam Cole, baby, Adam Cole, baby! baby, versus Alistair Black. This is a great match, slightly ruined by maybe some bad booking, in my opinion. This was not a good finish. The story is Adam Cole's hubris repeatedly getting in the way of him, getting a fairly easy first defeat out of Alistair Black. He gets yeah. Black down multiple times, dodges the Black Mass, which only one person has been able to do in the past, the best wrestler in the world. The Velveteen Dream, obviously.
1: Yeah, but we don't even need to say it.
0: We don't need to say his name. Oh, but we will. Say my
1: name, say my name.
0: Velveteen Dream. And outperforms Black at almost every turn, but chooses to vamp and do the Adam Cole Bebe chant instead of getting the win. Finally, Black is incensed and explodes on Cole, and Cole takes the pin with the rest of Undefeated Era never showing their faces how did you like this match
1: i loved it please just say undisputed so that you can cut it in over undefeated
0: (laughs) did i actually say undefeated yes (laughs) well they are no longer undefeated (laughs) undisputed era
1: (laughs) oh okay well then there you go
0: Undisputed Era. <laughs> I loved it. I thought it was a
1: great match, except for the fucking finish. I think Adam Cole should have taken this. I don't like the fact that he lost. I did not like the finish. I think Cole should have won. And that's not just because I fucking love Adam Cole and I want to fanboy him. And I also am not 100% sure how I feel about Alistair Black because he has no character. But it's also because how good would that be? To have the first win for Adam Cole and the first huge loss from Aleister Black, the first actual loss, would be this. He'd never shut up about it. And then Aleister Black would have had more of a character to be able to build because he'd be, like, mad that he lost. You already saw that he was mad at Adam Cole. Adam Cole kept poking at him and and making fun of him and shouting his name. Shout-outs, by the way, to my buddy Chuck who was watching with me, who looked at me and said... So Alistair
0: Black just doesn't like names, right? <laughs> Who cares
1: what your name is? Yeah, that's easy for you to say. You're Alistair Black.
2: You have a cool sounding name.
0: Alistair Black hates names. Yeah. And, and he got... I had to pause the I had to pause the match to laugh because
1: that was pretty good. I liked it a lot. I just wish that the finish was different. I kind of wish that Adam Cole would have won. It's almost a little too, you know, wimpy and dumb when they cut promos where they're like, we're the best. Because it's like, mm. Not really. I mean, I saw you lose.
0: I feel like they're going to push the Adam Cole is the hubristic weak link and Fish and O'Reilly push him out angle a lot mm. sooner than we expected.
1: I don't like that because some people might have bought Undisputed Era t shirts for people for Christmas. And it might have, it might suck if undisputed era breaks up before christmas so that those people can't uh have fun with their undisputed era t-shirts
0: unless those people there are only two of them and they take a black sharpie and just sharpie out the c so it says fo that's pretty good but it isn't as good i hope that they don't i really yeah i want to see i want them to be together for a while before the breakup happens I was kind of hoping that
1: um, everybody could just jerk off all over themselves and Roderick Strong would lose to uh, uh, Lars Sullivan and then join or something. I don't know. I just
0: kind of wanted
1: everybody to have a fun time.
0: Before we get deeper in that, because I feel like there's a lot more to talk about, let's um, talk about this match a little bit. It's a really fun match. Even from the get go. The entrances happen, we get shock the system and Adam Cole comes out with Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. And they do their new weird gang symbol. Right? Love it. Yeah.
1: Love it. I learned how to do it. Can't do it now. It's
0: especially good because I feel like 15 or 20 years ago, it would make you look really tough and intimidating, and now it just makes you look like a dork. Yeah. Nobody really does hand signs anymore, do they?
1: Well, I mean, I'm sure there's still a bunch of 13 and 14-year-old kids doing the blood
0: thing. Other than that, no, you're right. I I don't think it's happening. We see... Adam Cole talked to them in a huddle. It looks like he's saying it's gonna be all him. So I guess they were actually uh, kind of foreshadowing the end, but I really- I mean, it did say that they were banned from ringside. Did it? Yeah. Oh, I, I missed that.
2: But Adam Cole letting his acolytes know, hey guys, I got this. As he attempts to qualify for that fatal four-way to determine the new number one contender for the NXT title. And I might have made a mistake, and I'll be honest, I might have made a mistake.
0: Why don't they just come out at the end there for Alistair Wins and beat the shit out of him? Adam Cole, when he gets up on the apron, he waits for the audio cue in his entrance song. He has both of his hands out and his head down, and he waits and he waits. And just as the song goes... He points with both thumbs to himself and mouths boom. Yeah, this is a true professional, a plus. guys. Yeah, this guy, there's, there's a reason this guy was Ring of Honor champion. This guy <laughs> is the best. Alistair Black comes out, and he brings all of the goth out of the commentators.
2: What makes this mysterious mercurial entertainer so spectr. Something is eating away. There's a darkness in the soul of Alistair Black. And the only place he finds absolution is in the middle of this ring. Inside the head of Alistair Black is not where you want to be.
0: They're all saying shit about his dark tortured soul and uh, being pied pipers of whatnot and who's it's and the mercurial
2: Alistair Black, a man who fancies himself as the pied piper of society's forgotten souls, Percy.
0: Yeah,
1: we can't, we can't have any Christmas shit now. Yeah,
0: it's hard to merge the Christmas stuff with Alistair Black. For some reason, Percy seems really into talking the goth shit. Maybe he's a guy. it kind of made me wish that, as Percy gets more and more into Alistair Black, he starts like wearing eyeliner mm. and then coming out and he's got like straightened slicked back hair mm. and then eventually he's saying shit, like I'm Showtime Percy Watson, and I only listen to the cure. That's really good. <laughs> I really like the the dichotomy of being named Showtime Percy Watson and being like, I'm Showtime Percy Watson and life is suffering. Yeah, or maybe if he's like,
1: I'm changing my name, but he doesn't change the Showtime part. And he says, I'm Showtime Dark Beetle (laughs) or whatever. Like, I don't know what's a goth name. Mahoma Topset. Some kind of Egyptian
0: pharaoh thing. Don't they like that shit, too? I don't know. I also feel like, as goth as he gets, he would still really like the Street Prophets. Of course! Come on! Who wouldn't? Finally, the Street Prophets. A light in this dismal, dark life. Yeah. The Street Prophets are teaching me what it is to truly see hope. (laughs) Audience, almost completely down the middle. We have... Really big repeating Adam Cole baby chants and kind of awkward Alistair chants.
1: That's another thing you can't like about Alistair Black. You can't even say, I mean, you get, you sound weird saying Black, 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 right? (laughs) And, you know, you can't really say Alistair as a chant. But I will say for everyone. Who was booing adam cole and yes people were booing adam cole because they're fucking idiots i don't know what's up with people who boo adam cole i don't understand even they followed the leader and chanted adam cole baby every time he did the of thing of course you
0: gotta play along you gotta people don't sing along to alistair black's intro music they just yell good and evil really loud <laughs>
1: Because they don't. I don't think that everybody knows what you know. Unless they buy the shirt, I don't think that they know what the lyrics actually
0: are. (laughs) Good. (laughs) (laughs) Evil. (laughs) 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 Equal. (laughs) Hey, it's like I got the band right here. (laughs) Adam Cole starts fucking with alistair black he's i love this snaking out of headlocks and reversing waist locks and dodging strikes percy says
1: straight up dancing with the devil is
0: what it is so maybe he's not goth maybe he's an old prospector yeah or a hair metal guy <laughs> Showtime. He is uh, Jack Nicholson as the Joker. You ever dance with the devil in the pale
2: moonlight? Never rub another man's rhubarb.
0: <laughs> I have a whole section of my notes that is under the heading, Adam Cole loves to yell. Adam Cole yells Bay,", bay like 10 times in the first minute alone.
2: Right. Man, he is, he is poking the bear, Nigel.
0: Everything he does, he backs up and yells, Adam Cole, baby. Some of it is impressive. Some of it is just normal shit.
1: (laughs) Some of it is stupid, like slapping Alistair
0: Black a bunch of times on the back of the head like a little child. You keep thinking that the audience is going to start souring on it. They do not. (laughs) Why would they? It's a gift from the heavens. I feel like the best thing about this is... I think that a television viewer probably starts souring on it because they aren't a part of the audience. I at least did. I was like, okay, this is enough. You're doing this too much. But wait, the audience is... Did you not say it every time he did it in your living room? <laughs> no, I did
1: not. Oh, that's the problem. You were supposed to do that. That's what I did. I had a great time.
0: Even better was I was watching it next to somebody who didn't do that. And they were looking at me. We come back from a commercial and Adam Cole has Alistair Black in a crossface. And all Adam Cole is doing is yelling into Alistair Black's ear. I loved this.
1: No one sells a fucking crossface anymore because it's the dinkiest move. It's a rest hold. Well, thank fucking God someone's trying to sell it.
0: Alistair Black is on the ground. Adam Cole kicks him in the stomach, but he's still trying to crawl up the ropes back to a standing base. And he yells.
2: Why don't you stay down?
0: He yells at the ref to shut up. He yells at Alistair Black. Do you even know what my name is? It's
2: Scrupa. Adam Cole,
1: baby. This is the point by the way, where Chuck was like, oh, Alistair Black hates me. <laughs> it's his kryptonite being named. Well, no, it's like his, it's its his button. You
0: push that and then all of a sudden, that's it, he'll just turn around and start beating your ass. I knew that Adam Cole had gone a step too far when he looks at a struggling Alistair Black and yells, Stay down, Alistair! You'll never be me! You'll never be me! And I was like, <laughs> oh, he's fucking losing. I know, that was when I went, oh, no. That you don't do that unless you are about to take the pin, which finally happens when Adam Cole yells, what do you got at Aleister Black?
1: Insane. Because he's, it's that, it's that stupid Aleister Black like spot where he like knocks you down and he picks you up by the chin with his foot. And he's like, he just got picked up by the chin with his foot. It's like, so you're really like out of it, right? No, no. I'm conscious enough to yell, what do
0: you got? And, like, defy this guy. (laughs) And what he has is the Black Mask spinning heel kick. Now is a good time, I think, for us to play Book It Better. Okay. How would you have booked this?
1: If you really want Black to be strong and undefeated, I wouldn't have booked this match at all. I would have had Adam Cole versus somebody else, or I would have had Aleister Black versus somebody else. But if you insist on having Black versus Cole... I would have Cole lose on a DQ because Undisputed Era shows up.
0: Yeah, that makes
1: sense. Easy. Right? Easy. They're teasing it the whole time. We're expecting it. And maybe that's why they didn't do it because they wanted to surprise us. But having Cole lose clean in a match where he clearly could have
0: won and probably should have won. I mean, it was really weird. Have them show up on the ramp and Alistair Black gets concerned and eats a foot to the back of the head.
1: That would be great.
0: And then it also puts them over as assholes because you can have a whole thing next week of William Regal chewing them out and them being like, we didn't even come to the ring, man. Yeah, being at, that would be fun. That'd be like a high school yeah. thing. They're all in his office and then he's just
1: like yelling at them and they're like leaning on shit.
0: I don't know what you want.
1: All three of them are leaning on something
0: different. What did we do? What did we do? We didn't do anything. What did we do? I wanted to watch. Yeah, exactly. I do like the Adam Cole would rather disqualify himself than lose because that also builds themselves up as, you know, undisputed, undefeated, whatever.
1: Yeah, that's his whole thing. That's his sh-
0: But I would have rather liked Adam Cole can make it work, but Adam Cole taking the loss, it feels like they're really ramping up to the inevitable beef between Adam Cole and the rest of undisputed era, and I don't want that right now. no, I don't like it. I don't think it fits can we both agree that they're gonna win next week yeah they're they're winning win. the tag at this point. they have gonna, to yeah. because if they don't, then they look like complete pushovers, yeah. especially after no, that fucking win. war games match like. You won war games and you can't win the fucking titles? Yeah. They're they're going to win. There. So they're going to win. It's got to be. They're going to win. You could have Aleister Black trying to fuck with them. Aleister Black seems like the kind of guy that if he had lost this match, his next four months would be getting revenge for having lost this match. Yeah. But... Adam Cole, I don't see him giving a shit about Aleister Black after this. Also,
1: if you're going to have Cole lose, you could have done it without making him look like a better wrestler than Aleister Black, right? He didn't even do a Shining Wizard, which I know they're trying to protect because, like, he'll always win when he lands a Shining Wizard. But he didn't do anything. He did the the neck the neck breaker over the shoulder thing. He did the yeah. uh, he did a super kick, but it didn't work because Aleister Black caught it. But, like... Of his, you know, moves, it's like uh, he, they, they, they had shit come out. They had, like, good, strong offense by Adam Cole. I mean, like, I almost feel like it's weird. I mean, like, he countered things. He was playing with them. I don't know. He got away from the black mass. Why make him look so strong if you're going to have him lose
0: like that? It was not as well put together as that first match, which no. had somebody— lose and still look amazing and this kind of makes both yeah. of them look like what the fuck were you doing out there next Wednesday we have Tyler Bate versus Pete Dunn and we have Sanity versus Undisputed Era and Undisputed Era better fucking win
1: I know Jesus overall
0: how did you like this episode overall I thought it was good I thought it was a lot
1: of fun I thought um we have a lot of good things to look forward to as well, because don't forget, Roderick Strong versus Lars Sullivan. I hope that a fitness magazine gets, like, uh, introduced somehow. Uh, yeah, no, I think to, for this episode, though, it
0: was really good. Let me ask you a question. Uh-huh? You were super sure of two things last week.
1: What was I sure of? Lars
0: Sullivan goes over Roderick Strong. Right. Adam Cole goes over Alistair Black. Yeah. Are you still sure about Lars Sullivan?
1: <laughs> yes, because Alistair Black may have won the match, but Adam Cole went over. Alright? He won. Alright? He went over by Alistair Black. He did. Come on. Alistair Black looks like a loser compared to Adam Cole. I can't even tell what Alistair Black does.
0: I already forgot what his voice sounds like. Come on. Those two weird endings, I was like, oh, that kind of sucks. You know, obviously, this isn't the greatest episode of all time, but also, this episode was crafted specifically to be an introductory episode to other people, so it probably wasn't for us. Mm. How do you think that this would have worked as an introductory episode? Well, you were watching it with your roommate, Chuck. Yeah. I would say it actually works pretty
1: good as an introductory episode, um... I think do – you, do you think that maybe they mic up the crowd better for this one? Because, like, in the past we never hear the boos being as loud during, like, Peyton Royce matches or even Andrade doesn't get booed as loudly as he did this time. And we were saying it as if it was, like, a natural progression thing. But I'm, I'm almost wondering if they were conscious of the fact that people were going to be watching this for the first time. They were like, well, they need to know who's bad. I don't know. Because that was very clear. To to Chuck, who was bad. Do you
0: think that they were sweetening up the crowd sounds?
1: I don't know. There's a chance. I don't know because that that's part of an introduction. I think that's actually a big part of an introduction thing. So it could be they were doing something like that because that worked really well. Assuming you already like wrestling a little bit, like if you're watching SmackDown and you're like, "Well, why would I watch NXT?" I think this is actually a very good intro to the show. Um, if you're not a big wrestling guy at all, I think this is, but it, there are certain things that are really confusing. Like, especially the main event was well, actually really confusing, I think, because why is Adam Cole so over if he's the bad guy?
0: I think that this made me wonder if there might have been other people's fingers in the product since it was on TV and not mm. streaming. Because You think they had earpieces with direct feeds? I don't know about that, but I do think that possibly Triple H wasn't the end-all be-all on this episode. Because I can very much see certain people saying, But Alistair Black is undefeated. Why would you... This weenie is going to go over him? He's a little weenie. He's got a big head.
1: Yeah... I could see that being the reason. Yeah. Yep. He's small. He's shorter. He's not sweaty at all. He's
0: fat. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's that's right. That's fine. So that's everything we have to talk about this week. Before we go, just want to remind everybody, we are now streaming on Stitcher. We're on nice. Apple Podcasts. Ooh, nice. Um... We have an email address at what's nxt pod, P-O-D, at gmail.com. Please email me. Right now, we're just sending this out into the ether, and even one person saying I have listened to and somewhat enjoy your podcast would make my day. Yeah. I'd love to hear from people who like the pod. You can contact me on Twitter. I'm at enemy of both. Alec, what's up with you? I don't have a Twitter,
1: but I do have another podcast. For everybody who likes Sailor Moon, the TV show for young girls in the nineties. Uh I do a rewatch podcast. For young girls in Virginia. Yeah, like me or you. Okay. In the nineties. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I do a rewatch podcast with my friend Virginia, who uh, we watch the shows in both Japanese and English, we nerd out over them, we watch the old English ones, the ones that you guys all remember, not this newfangled shit, uh, and we go over it, we talk about the funny shit, the 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 superhero shit, and we put in a bunch of fun, crazy clips from the episodes, and we're getting pretty good at it, so... Come check us out under the Tokyo Tower on iTunes and also on Stitcher. And uh, our website is midnightzero.nyc, where we have all the shows and also some of these shows.
0: Yeah, you can listen to and engage in discussion about what's NXT at midnightzero.nyc. That's right. Anyway, that'll be it for us for this week. You'll just have to tune in next week to find out what's next. What's NXT? Okay. Yeah. Let's go.